very excited about today's show. We are intending it to be very provocative. And uh, if we do, in fact, get silenced on YouTube, you can continue to follow us on Rumble, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, wherever else you find us. That's where we will continue to be. But uh, we're not sure that we'll be able to sustain on YouTube today. But we'll, we'll let you know if we flip off the other platforms. Today, we're going to talk to Alex Berenson. Alex, of course, has been a source of... Um, heated controversy over the course of the pandemic, and he is recently out of Twitter jail. He uh, successfully sued Twitter, and apparently they're making things difficult for him still. Dr. Kelly Victory is one of our favorites. She's a colleague. She's an emergency room doctor. She uh, was with us a week ago, and uh, our producer, Susan Pinsky, uh, thought that was a great conversation. It wouldn't it be great if we did this on a more regular basis. So we're looking to do this Wednesdays now. Uh, initially, I'll be talking to Alex here for a few minutes, just getting him sort of seeing where he's at, what's on his mind right now, and then we'll bring Dr. Victory in here and we will get it on, as uh, Mr. Corolla says. Got to get it on, no choice but to get it on. We'll be right back. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, everybody. Uh, as you all know, I'm pretty moderate on these issues, but I'm interested in the truth. And when people get silenced, I'm interested in sort of examining what their point of view was and seeing if I can expand my point of view. Rather than me interviewing people who I agree with, which gets none of us anywhere, that's just me echoing myself back and forth, which I can do just fine by myself, I want to expand my point of view. And there are always concerns out there. That's how science is done. That's how clinical science is done. Now, you can argue maybe we shouldn't be doing it publicly, but uh, it has been, it's been kind of extraordinary times. Um, and let me just open a little disclaimer. Of course, the CDC states that COVID-19 vaccines are safe, effective, and reduce risk of severe illness. Hundreds of millions of people have received the vaccine. Serious adverse events appear to be rare. I, of course, am a board-certified internist uh, and also addictionologist. Dr. Kelly is a board-certified ER doctor. We agree and disagree on many things, uh, but you should always consult your personal physician before making any decisions about health. We are not practicing medicine here. We are trying to get closer to the truth. And someone who has always uh, been very interested in the truth himself and has gotten in a lot of heat for just calling it like he sees it, I think back to his original book on cannabis, which uh, now has turned out to be essentially, uh, particularly, I'd say just about all of it, uh, fairly accurate. Uh, and now he's been uh, looking at the issue of vaccines, therapeutics, uh, how we uh, sort of manage lockdowns and what happened to this world. His new book is Pandemic, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government, Rights and Lives. Of course, uh, Alex Berenson. Let's welcome Alex to the show. 
There it is, Pandemia. I beg your pardon. It's called Pandemia. There you are. Uh-oh, no sound from Alex. Hold on one second. Uh, hold on. One second. Really? There you are. You're in. You're back. You're, with, right. you're there. You're good. All right. Good. So, yeah. So, uh, welcome from to us from Twitter, JL. How was it while you were there? Uh, you know, in, in a way, I was actually good. I got a lot more done. I finished the book. Uh, the book came out. I wasn't able to promote it on Twitter, but that was okay. And, uh, I mean, I think I would have sold more copies, but there wasn't much I could do about it. And, I, you know, I had this very successful Substack, which, uh, which I still have. But uh, in some ways, um, you know, not being on Twitter, you know, focused my energy on the stack and on writing longer pieces. And I, and I you know, since I've been back on Twitter, which is about a month, I want to get back to sort of being less on Twitter, believe it or not, and more on Substack and Unreported Truths, which is my uh, Substack newsletter platform have you spoken yet publicly about what the situation is with twitter how you because we'd all like to know how to do that <laughs> i think more than I mean, anything and we've you know go, we, we all sort of were pulling for you and feel like vindicated along with you sure i mean so i you know i i've settled uh and i'm not able to say that much about the settlement but in in december i in last august almost a year ago i sued twitter or i'm saying last august Twitter threw me off. And um, there was sort of an escalating series of events that culminated in them banning me in August, late August of last year. In December, I sued them. Uh, and, you know, these lawsuits have generally been unsuccessful. The president or the ex-president filed one uh, that was tossed. Mostly they get tossed. Um, the courts have said that uh, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act gives these social media companies essentially carte blanche to do whatever they want. Um, uh, my suit was somewhat different because I had been in communication with a pretty senior person at Twitter named Brandon Borman, who's not there anymore, but he was the uh, essentially head of all communications. And beginning in May, 2020, uh, he told me that basically Twitter knows what you're doing and we, uh, you know, we want debate and discussion around uh, COVID interventions. And that continued even after I started to write about the vaccines. Um, what was so interesting was that Twitter's stance toward me very abruptly changed in July of 2021. Um, shortly after uh, uh, Dr. Fauci um, took public notice of something that I had said about vaccinations and um, essentially discouraging mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people from being vaccinated because I didn't, uh, we're talking about COVID vaccines only, by the way, only COVID vaccines, because mm -hmm. I didn't think the risk benefit for, you know, for younger people um, made a lot of sense. And I certainly, I still don't think the risk benefit makes a lot of sense for almost anyone at this point. But to go back to Twitter, it was after I said that, that, uh, that Twitter began to take action against me. So then fast forward, I sue them in December um, you know, the, the, the conventional wisdom is that this lawsuit is going to lose and get, you know, get sort of thrown out at what's called the motion to dismiss stage, which is the very earliest stage that a lawsuit can be thrown out. Um, and lo and behold, uh, in, in April of 2022, just a few months ago, uh, a judge, not a Trump judge, by the way, not a Republican appointed judge, a, a judge in the Northern District of California named Judge William Alsop, heard um, my arguments or, and my lawyer's arguments and Twitter's arguments and decided that we had a viable claim um, based on a breach of contract, meaning that when you sign up 
uh, with Twitter, you have, you know, you have to agree to their terms of service and a contract that they write that is very, very favorable to them. Um, but essentially that I had made a plausible argument that they had begun the process of modifying that contract, uh, both in terms of what they had said to me specifically, what Brandon Borman said to me specifically, but somewhat more interestingly, in terms of their COVID five strike policy. So if their position is we can throw anyone off this platform at any time for any reason, that's one thing. But if they instead say, hey, you know, we're going to let you talk about COVID, we're going to let you debate COVID as long as, you know, we don't see you saying anything that's false and dangerous to the public health then they've set up some guidelines and they need to, you know, figure out how they're going to enforce those guidelines fairly. That was what Alsop said that I had made a plausible claim on. And then that led to, uh, that led to Twitter. uh, This is a typical in a, in a federal lawsuit. Um, The judge will almost always appoint a mediator. You go into settlement talks. Um, I actually didn't think that we would, we would settle. Um, uh, I had some pretty strict uh, negotiating positions. I had some things that I wanted. In fact, one of them I said very publicly in early June, uh, which was only a couple months ago, that I wouldn't settle this lawsuit unless Twitter agreed to um, essentially engage in the same discovery process that it would have had to engage in had the lawsuit moved forward and given me the rights to publish that discovery. Um, and then I did mm. settle. So, so some people have said- Did that, did that happen? Did you get those rights? Uh, so, so I can't tell you whether I got those rights. The settlement bars me from telling okay. you whether I got those rights. However, okay. I can tell you that if I got those rights, I'm going to have something to say based on that discovery shortly. So, so people have been has, saying has, that has I can, Elon contacted you? So, so I can't really talk about that either. Um, uh, you know, Elon said publicly on the day that I was returned to the platform a month ago that he was very interested to good. know about. He said, yeah. he essentially said good. He was yeah. interested to know what this yeah. discovery might turn up. So I'm right. going to have. That's what I saw. I, I here here's. I have to be careful how I phrase this since I can't talk about the yeah. settlement. But it's well, weird. I can't stop, talk stop about the settlement. Stop for yourself in trouble. Stop. Stop. I get. I no, get. No, it. Stop I will, for yourself just, in trouble. Let me we, just we say get this. It. You get it. If if yeah. I have something to say. I'll have something to say. You'll say it. Yeah, sense? if you have something to say, you'll say it. So, That's so right. yes. There's two two th- before we bring Dr. Victory in here. There's two things I want to kind of zero in on because we have a lot of specifics to go over with once Dr. Kelly is in here. But um, one is if you were evaluating Alex Berenson uh, and the some of the positions you've taken over since, since let's say since you know the spring of 2020 or something like that somewhere in there yeah are there things that as you evaluate you go oh i got that wrong or i wish i hadn't said that i mean what what do you what are your you know obviously you've got a lot of things right that people thought was wrong what are the things that you wish you'd gotten more right or that you'd be critical of if you if you were an objective observer sure the the one major thing that i got wrong uh was actually in 2020 there's a period of time in the summer of 2020 when i thought because of the way you saw um you know new york hit a big peak early and then it went down. You saw this in the Southern states um, in the summer of 2020. It, it appeared for a moment like there, were, there might be something going on with cross immunity with earlier coronaviruses where, you know, 15 or 20 percent of people might be the ones who are susceptible to this. And then it would burn itself out. 
Um, and that turned out not mm-hmm. to be the case at all. I, I didn't say that would mm-hmm. definitely happen, but I did say I thought it was a possibility. And clearly, that 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 is not the case. Um, you know, this is a the novel coronavirus. You you know, people do not have pre-existing immunity to. Um, so right. that that is the that is the number one thing that I got wrong. Um, uh, and again, I, I phrased it. I gave myself some leeway, but I still said it was a possibility, and it wasn't. Um, yeah. In terms of the Are vaccines, things, go ahead. You have another one. Go ahead, vaccine. Uh, I mean, I, I will tell you, in terms of vaccines, honestly, like this may be controversial. I don't think really I got anything. I've gotten anything wrong with the vaccines. The vaccines have proven uh, at best marginally beneficial uh, at best. And with a side effect profile that is much worse than the flu vaccine or other therapeutics that we give to huge groups of people. So um, if anything, I think I, un- I, I think I, I think I overestimated the duration that the vaccines would work for. I think I didn't realize that they would start to fail so quickly or that they would become so useless against Omicron. Well, again, we're still holding out hope that there's some T-cell immunity in there that's making some of this uh, Omicron less less virulent. But again, that we're holding out against hope on that. Um, but the, there, there are things you wish you'd gotten right that you, you didn't see. Uh... You know, I, I didn't see how long it would drag on and I didn't see yeah. how political it would become. And, 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 and I guess I didn't see how unwilling the public health establishment would be to change its mind and to and to um, I mean, look, here, here's yeah. what they could have yeah. said. OK, they could have said this, like these vaccines, they are the, the early clinical trial data looks great. OK, and we want everybody over 50 or over 60 who's at high risk to get vaccinated right now. We think that's really, really important. But because this is so novel and because, you know, because we don't know what the duration of of protection is going to be, we're not going to push this on younger, healthy people. We're going to let people who are at high risk, not just, not just go first, but really be the only people who get this. And, and, and they weren't willing to even consider that as a possibility. And, you know, I guess I underestimated how dogmatic they would be. Well, the other thing, I think some of the sort, yeah, I agree with you. They, they should be, I mean, I'm not hearing any self-analysis of what they got wrong, what they got right. I'm not hearing any of that. I mean, they, if they want the public to trust them, they're going to have to come clean about what they did wrong, what they wish they'd done differently. But the one thing that I've learned about public health, which I did not know, and I think you're Pointing at pointing it out here when you talk about their unwillingness to even talk about populations at risk, and we see the same thing going on now with monkeypox. Monkeypox, yeah. I, I just looked at the monkeypox. I just looked at the monkeypox data. I can't find any any female, not one female infected. <laughs> I, I believe that's accurate data, and so we know it's male. Primarily men who have sex with men. Let's go protect those guys. Let's go get them. Let's talk about it, educate them, protect them, vaccinate them, tell them what they need. Let's do it. Instead, we go, oh, no, no. It's the same for everybody. Your little child can get it too. A little baby can get it. That's right. insane. And I think some of that, and, and this is this, this model they have in public health, equity uberalis. Everything must be the same. Equity, equity, equity. And I'm all for equity. I'm a big equity fan. But equity uberalis hurts people. And I have a feeling that was the position they took that got them into such big trouble. Did you see that when you're writing the book? Uh, yes, I mean, a- absolutely. But but it, I will say this: in the case of COVID, it's worse than that, Doctor Drew, um, because mm-hmm. they decided 
in February and March of 2020 that they were going to scare people, scare people at low risk. So it wasn't just we're going to yeah. we're going to say that the risk is the same for everybody. It's there are going to be people out there who have an understanding either intuitively or because they've looked at the data. You know what? I'm young and healthy. I'm at pretty low risk here. We think those people are vectors. We don't want them to go out. We are going to try to frighten them, mm. too. And they weaponized fear. Wow. And and it, it is. a And it, I mean, and you can see like you can see discussions of that. In, you know, in the UK, you can see discussions of that in Germany. It is a terrible thing to do that to people. Really dangerous. I, it's interesting. The California legislature right now has a pediatrician up there who I, I've admired over the years, but now he's going to try to outlaw, quote, misinformation. Is that um, Richard Pan? I forget his last name. Pan, yeah. Um, and, yep. uh, and, and he... <laughs> And he, he, in his statement, said, I, I, I want to outlaw things like suggesting that lockdowns had a mental health consequence. And, and I, thought, <laughs> I thought, well, but, but, but hang on. I thought, well, to his point, we haven't proven that because we're not doing RCTs on anything. But it's either the lockdown or the fear. It's one or the other. You did, you was either the hysteria or the lockdown or both. But it is one of those things that had, has had profound effect on people. Yep. I mean, it's stunning that that somebody who considers himself, you know, who is a physician scientist would take that stance. I'm going to outlaw your right to discuss these issues or I'm going to try to take away your medical yeah, license it's, for that. It, it's bizarre. It's very strange. And, and so here's the I, before I'm, I'm going to get Dr. Kelly in just a second, Dr. Victory. But there's one last thing I want to kind of have you comment on. And that you mentioned Section 230 with the uh, social media's privileges. And the other thing we sort of discussed was how public health overreached and what they were in, intending was so deleterious. Isn't the core issue that we have learned in all of this is that we have certain powerful structures woven into our lives as Americans and other countries too, because they did the same thing, where let's say, for instance, the public health, they could look at this and go, no, no, we need those. We need those powers, and we use them properly. We did what we had to do to get through this thing. That was the proper deployment. Versus, oh man, we never want to go through that again. There, we didn't realize that they could do that, and we have to put some limits on that. And the same thing with Section Two Thirty. Aren't we sort of haven't we kind of learned that there's an issue in these in, in our uh, afoot <laughs> right now, or, or well, are people not learning that? I mean, so, I mean, I would say I've learned, I'd say some people have learned, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I think there's much more quiet resistance to, um, to what happened the last two years than is being discussed. I think certainly outside of a place like, you know, Santa Monica or Brooklyn or DC, uh, you know, the, the, look at the number of, look at the tiny number of people who are getting their young children vaccinated. Okay, look at the very small right. number of people who are getting a second booster. There, there is a realization that nothing really worked and that we went through what we went through. And whether or not people, um, people do not want to be ordered around by the public health authorities right now. Um, whether or not there'll be, if something else happens, if we get, you know, a bad uh, pandemic flu in two years, what they'll be willing to do at that point. I don't know, but I Dude, do we have, think we have resistance. polio knocking on the door. We have that's, polio well, knocking right. on the door. That's right. And that these is people, some I just serious have to, I, shit. 
I got I got to say this. These people blame they blame me. OK. And they blame people like me who are vaccine. No, I'm again, I've been vaccinated. My children have been vaccinated against everything else. This vaccine is very problematic, both on the safety front and the efficacy front. And the fact that they weren't willing to acknowledge that, haven't been willing to acknowledge that, and even now, you know, are pushing boosters and pushing vaccines on little kids, that is what is destroying confidence in vaccines. And I think that's why, and I've heard this from many parents, Dr. Group, when you go to take your kid to the pediatrician right now, they do not mention the COVID vaccine. It's a conversation they don't want to have because they know these peds that if they bring it up, they're just going to hurt their chances of getting you to get your kids vaccinated for other things with, va- with, with vaccines that actually well, work. And, and, and let me state for the record, if anyone out there has not had the complete series of the polio vaccine, or if you're in an environment where you're likely to be exposed to polio vaccine, even if you've had the vaccine, get it immediately. This is serious shit. This is That's right. way bigger deal than a lot of the stuff we've been talking about. This destroys children. It paralyzes children. It infects children. It is, it's such a big deal. I can't even say. And if we're not taking a aim at that, we got we got to we we got to really think about things here. But anyway, all right. So, um, oh, one last thing. Uh, God, I have so many things on, on my mind today. Did you see <laughs> the uh, study out of? Uh, Thailand today that was showing yes, the incidence the myocarditis. of troponin yep. levels. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The, it was not the EKG changes. It was the troponin levels that both Vinaya Prasad and myself were making real issue with. So this was the first study. This was a, this is the stuff that Pfizer is supposed to be doing that they've not been doing or they've not been publishing to to show the post distribution studies on what the what the side effects have been. And here's the first time really serious evidence of subclinical myocarditis and God knows what the persistent effects might be. We haven't figured that out yet. I mean, I, I guess that's something. And, and let me say, let me state for the record also, I, I'm still pro vaccine. I'd be, it'd be a very hard decision for a 17 year old. I'm, I push it on my seven year olds. I tell all my seven year olds, get it, get it, get it. And uh, although I am having them hold off until the Omicron thing is available in the fall, just in time for Omicron to have gone away, probably, but whatever, that's the best <laughs> yep. best we got. <laughs> but but uh, it's really in the younger populations, and that's what this study was pointing out, that there might be a really significant problem here. Wait, do- Dr. Drew, are you saying that you think that if Pfizer had some negative data about this uh, $100 billion product, they would not be in a hurry to publish it? You're crazy. They're about the public health. Yeah, I- I- I'm saying... I'm saying they're not even, and I'm saying, I think, I don't think they're doing it. I think no one's That's forcing right. them to do it. So they're not doing it. Yeah. And That's so right. it's the coming, best studies coming by are the ones other you don't sources. That's right. The yeah, best right. studies are the ones exactly. you don't but, 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 but by the way, yeah. did you see that Denmark has now, uh, they are basically ending vaccinations for, uh, you know, COVID vaccinations for kids under 18. You're going to have to have a special I, I, uh, consultation with a pediatrician yep. for that. Yes, I, I uh, woke up to Alex Berenson tweeting about that. And that uh, then they go. backed off it a little bit. Then they you, they backed off it a little bit, too. They softened yeah, it. Did you see that they, also? Because somebody, somebody yelled at them. But, you know, it'll in the end, it'll be the same. I walk away from this whole experience thinking there is evil afoot in the world, and it's bureaucracy. Bureaucracy is the evil in the world right now because that's what yeah. they took a very rational position and they were gonna they were they were their hand was slapped for it. So 
Oh, well. All right. So here's the deal. We'll take a little break with Alex Berenson. Get the new book. It's Pandemia, right? Pandemia. Is that what it's called? Pandemia. You got it. Pandemia. And we're going to, sorry, Kelly, I'm, I've kept you on the sidelines there this whole time. I've had a million things preloaded in my head. I want to talk to Alex about, we will get Dr. Kelly Victorian here just after this little break. I think we have found the Holy Grail of skincare. Genucel has absolutely changed. Certainly my skincare regimen. I like that vitamin C serum, the under eye creams, skin nourishing primer. Susan loves the eyelash enhancers, uses it on her eyebrows as well. Genucel has everything to make us both feel and look amazing. Best part, the quality of the products. Using pure ingredients like antioxidants, copper peptides, and a proprietary calendula flower base, Genucel knows how to formulate products to perfection without irritation. For Susan, she hates that annoying dry area under nose during allergy season, like right here. She tried everything, but no matter what, the skin is flaky and dry. Nothing seemed to help until she started using Genucel's Silky Smooth XV Moisturizer. Soaked right into the skin. She was hooked after one use and now loves all of their products as well. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time and I'm so excited because it's actually working. Right now, you can try Genucel's most popular collection of products and see what I'm talking about for yourself. Go to Genucel.com and enter code DREW for 10% off. That is G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, and the code is D-R-E-W. There's nothing in medicine that doesn't boil down to a risk-benefit calculation. It is the mandate of public health to consider the impact of any particular mitigation scheme on the entire population. This is uncharted territory, Drew. Dr. Kelly Victory joins us with Alex Berenson. And let me just say before we go to the, the uh, panel here, uh, you guys are very active on the restream and at the Rumble Rants, and I'm having trouble keeping up, I've got to say. Uh, so I apologize if there are things you're saying there that you don't see reflected on the air. One thing I did catch my eye, Joseph, Jason is saying, I pushed the vaccines. I pushed the vaccines for populations where we actually knew what we were doing, which is in the significantly elderly, my patients, the 65, 75 plus really is where we kind of know what we're doing. Under that, the possibilities of what we, you know, what we should be doing, we really don't know. We really don't know who should get it. I don't like making those decisions. I, I when, a, when a 40 year old comes in and asks me about vaccine, I make that decision with the patient. Depends on a lot of things. Dr. Victory, you heard what Alex and I were talking about. Any comments for starters? Well, first, let me say I'm super excited to have Alex on on my inaugural Wednesday show with Drew. So uh, mm -hmm. thanks for joining mm -hmm. us, Alex. I could do the entire rest of the show talking about censorship because uh, I uh, am with you in terms of having been. I, I am currently on a permanent uh, ban from Twitter uh, and <laughs> chose not to fight it other than to say that I am the lead co-plaintiff with uh, President Trump in his suit against Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So don't sell that short quite yet. It hasn't uh, actually, it's still alive and well. Um, I also have faced uh, seven formal complaints against my medical license in various states. Uh, incidentally, by the way, having nothing to do with anything I did with a patient, all having to do with things I've said on shows like like this one. Um, so the censorship thing is real and egregious and really dangerous. As you know, it has less to do with Alex Berenson's right to say something or Kelly Victory's right to say something, but more to do with the right of everyone else to hear it. 
Uh, and yes. that's really mm. where this is dangerous. But I really want to talk with you about the dicey stuff since I'm on now. And this is when the censorship really kicks in and we'll probably get booted off of uh, off the platforms. Um, but I want to talk to you about the data because you're the one person who during this whole thing was willing to actually look and at the data Put it out there. So right now, you're more charitable than I am to say that uh, the vaccines have any efficacy whatsoever. I'm not even willing to give them that. But let's look at some of the data that I know I've been reporting on that you know about. The 40% increase in all-cause mortality in 18 to 49-year-olds. The 300% increase in disability claims in the past year. Uh, the the uh, huge increase, huge uptick in the certain specific medical conditions as reported by the military physicians. The fact that the funeral homes are talking about being, uh, you know, their their business is going is bangerang right now. They're doing great. Uh, what is it in your mind that the American people need to see to make them wake up and ask? questions about this because there's still a big part of the population. And obviously the CDC is still out there saying these are safe and effective. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, so I mean, I would, I would push back on you on essentially all the figures that you quoted. I think they're all exaggerations okay. or out of a single, like the, okay. the 40% is out of a single life insurance company. The 300% is out of a single life insurance company. Um, what I would say is that what we are seeing um, and, and, the, and this is probably the reason why this is so hard to explain to people. And this is why, despite, despite what everybody wants to say about me on the left, like I'm truly not a conspiracy theorist. Um, the, the, the increase in deaths is a lot more subtle than that. It's, it's 5 to 10% um, all-cause mortality increase sort of week after week, month after month in a whole bunch of countries. Um, and I'm talking about ex-COVID. So COVID is still killing some people, you know, whether it's with or from, you know, in the U.S., there's still about 300 people a day dying. And in the U.K., it might be 100 or 150, um, you know. But when you even when you take out those numbers, there is an increase in all-cause mortality that you're seeing in the U.K., in Germany, in Australia, in a lot of countries that used uh, both uh, the DNA, both the J&J &J and AstraZeneca, and more importantly, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. And, and it is not a huge increase, okay? And it is not a huge increase in young people, but there is an increase in young people too. But it's there and it's sort of mounting month after month. And what people need to understand, when I say a 5 or 10% increase in mortality, that may not sound like a lot, like, oh, it's 105 deaths this week instead of 100. It's 110 deaths this week instead of 100. Hey, that's not a doubling or tripling. Why is that a big deal? It's a big deal because demography is destiny, okay? These, when you're in an advanced country and you're not at war and you don't have famines and you have, you know, solid medical care, you can very accurately calculate the number of people who are going to die every year. It's really just a function of the age of the population. So to have a five right. or 10% well, but, but, but while you can is, is big. But what we, That's what, but it's not, but let me just start one last thing. It's big, but it isn't quite big enough for people to, to notice, right? It's only at the national level that you see these numbers. Well, okay, so a couple of things. Well, first of all, it was one huge life insurance company who reported yep. this this 40% increase in 18 to 49 year olds. And according to their CEO, he said that that has been corroborated, quote, across the industry. 
according to him. So uh, whether it was just one that reported it, uh, but it's actually out there. What you're suggesting um, is certainly possible that it's increased, but not as much as 40%. So then what you're talking about is the boiling of frog, uh, that people just don't see it. It's insidious. People aren't willing to acknowledge it. Um, so yes. step away then for a minute from the death toll. And let's talk about this massive increase we're seeing in the incidence of uh, heart attacks, strokes, blood clots to the lung, neurologic conditions. And again, uh, these aren't statistics uh, that came out of uh, the military that showed an increase, say, of new cancers you know, from, from 200 a year to, to, to 250. It was from 38,000 to 120,000 in one year. Uh, and they compared that to the five-year average. These are staggering numbers. And although I obviously cannot say with any certainty, Alex, that this is a direct result of the vaccines, it's the job of the CDC to be investigating this. That's their job. Sure. No, that, that I would absolutely agree. Again, again, I know the database you're talking about. I, you know, what the military has said is that they changed the coding rules um, and that when they went back and looked, they, it wasn't that big an increase. But here, and, and I think that may be true. I think if there were, I think an increase that large would be notable to everyone. But, but I agree with you. It is the job of the CDC and the job of national health organization or, you know, national health bureaucracies worldwide to investigate this. And, and, and here's what I, I substacked a couple of days ago. We had a 10% increase in deaths in 2020 in the United States due to COVID, okay? We shut down the country. We took drastic steps. And by the way, as we know, that increase was almost exclusively in very unhealthy people and in very old people. Nonetheless, mm -hmm. we decided it was worth shutting down the, the country for, okay? We have had roughly the same level of increase in non-COVID deaths this year in the US and in many other countries. And we are not even acknowledging that it exists. It's just these government bureaucracies so me, put out the numbers. And if you- right. sorry? I wanna hop in on this. Let me hop in real quick, two, two points. Yeah. One is, didn't Ireland make note of it and actually set out to do a causational study? Isn't it Ireland yes. that did that, Alex? So, yes. so the yeah. Irish, the, yes, okay. and 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 in and in the UK, they're starting to talk about this, but for the most part, in the US, we're not yeah. talking about it at all, right? Yeah. Well, no, we no, do. And, and Here's what we say. The, no, we are. We're saying. I want. I want. Just want to finish this one thought. We are saying in the US. Here's what we're saying. Here's the narrative. Do people didn't go to the doctor. People didn't get their screening done. People aren't getting proper care. And, that, and that's not going to cause in a year this massive increase in all that's this right. stuff. Correct. But 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 I'll tell you what can, what could, and this is the thing that we may one day find out to be so, an endovascular infectious disease could be doing all of this. It could be consequence of COVID and not consequence of the vaccine, or it could be both. Yes, well, it could okay, be. I agree. I, I agree. I, I also, let me throw one other thing at you. In in Australia, okay, which had basically no, Australia is a very interesting spot because in 2020, 2021, Australia and New Zealand, they locked down super hard. You know, they're basically islands. New Zealand is an island. Australia is a continent. They had basically no COVID. They had very low deaths in 2020, lower than normal, which is one reason, oh, this is the success. This is how you do it. Okay, this year, they are having massive excess deaths. And in Australia, which is uh, kind enough to break it down by 
cause, they're seeing an increase. One of the things they're seeing an increase in is diabetes deaths. And, you know, type mm -hmm. one diabetes, that's autoimmune. So it is, it is possible to, I think, that the vaccines are causing in some people, for reasons we do not understand, some kind of autoimmune reaction. You, you're seeing cases of, you know, uh, uh, a reactive arthritis reported. You're seeing cases right. of diabetes type one, not type two, come up in the literature. I think if we had a functioning public health bureaucracy, this is one of the questions they would be asking. Well, it doesn't Drew, fit for me though. New onset, that... new, you don't die of new onset. Hang on, you don't die of new onset diabetes. You have you you die of unmanaged chronic diabetes. And so, or, if, if somebody wasn't going to the doctor, stop using their insulin. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 because you didn't right. know you were. Well, yeah, but you 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 didn't right. know you were diabetic. But usually, you can take care of that. When you get into trouble, is where you stopped your insulin, you stopped your care, you just you know, started down the path, and there's no coming back. But if usually, you take DKA that, can take bring people out. Take that new study that just that just came out of Thailand. Really stunning study. This is a pro, a prospective study. Mm -hmm. Three hundred and one people mm -hmm. between the ages of thirteen and eighteen, and they had extensive extensive cardiac workups, both pre and post vaccine. So we have a baseline. Yes. We know that they did not yeah. have any cardiac issues pre-vaccine. They did not have EKG changes, and they had normal cardiac enzymes. 18% of them, one out of five, ended up with EKG abnormalities post-vaccine. Yep. And then, as you said, 3.5% have evidence based on their lab work of myocarditis. This is, what are you going to yep. attribute that to? COVID? Yep. You know, some occult COVID? No. <laughs> that, that's This is <laughs> that's vaccine related. Then here's, Alex, I'd love your take on this. You're undoubtedly uh, aware that uh, something like 80% of the severe adverse reactions uh, or adverse events related to the vaccines were attributed to less than 20% of the actual uh, batches of vaccine. There's actually a yes. website, How Bad Was My Batch? Um, so this mm. either reflects a stunning uh, lack of quality control in the manufacturing process or something more nefarious, I, I I don't know, but I'd be interested in your take on that uh, on that so, data. So so the ba the batch thing is something I've studiously avoided getting involved in because it just strikes me as going <laughs> down the rat hole. I will say this: this is this is clearly it's a look. You're talking about tiny tiny um, you know strands of mRNA in tiny tiny particles, uh, you know lipid nanoparticles. I don't have any idea how you mix that into a sort of fine, perfect solution. Um, I, I assume that the chemists at Pfizer um, and the process engineers at Pfizer know how to, and, and Moderna know how to do that. If they don't, it's a problem. If the FDA and the regulators aren't able to get them to do that, that's a problem. But so is it, I guess, theoretically possible that there is some issue with the batches? I guess, but I have I have just avoided this topic entirely. There, 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 there are things that my my point of view of on this is is like we have so much to worry about that we know is real that chasing batch numbers isn't a good use of my time. Maybe it's a good use of somebody else's time. Well, only as I said, that it reflects um, either a complete lack of quality control, batch to batch, uh, or or something else. Let's take the three, what I would consider the three biggest lies um, about the mRNA components of the vaccine. This is independent of the nanoparticle issues. Uh, Drew and I did an entire show last week 
uh, on the problems related to nanoparticles uh, that, that are used to encapsulate uh, the mRNA. Number one, we were told that the mRNA stays in your arm, stays in the deltoid muscle where it's injected. We knew and they knew well before these were released that that's not the case, that the mRNA goes far and wide to essentially every major organ system and does so within hours. Number two, we were told that the mRNA is very quickly eliminated from your body, quote unquote, according to the CDC website as of today, within several days. We know that that isn't true, that it lasts in excess of 60 days uh, in, in most people. And then number three, we were told that no way, no how does it get incorporated into the DNA. And sure enough, big study out of Sweden shows that not only does it get re reverse transcribed into your DNA, into every cell in your DNA, but it does so within six hours in the liver. These are huge, huge lies. How can how do you expect people to trust anything about these vaccines when I've just rattled off three massive uh, inaccuracies? Well, so I would agree with the first and second. I think the third is not concluded. I think you know that study has been retracted, although the authors say they didn't want to retract it. It's there's a fight over the third one, but certainly, certainly the D, the mRNA goes all over your body. I agree with that, and it doesn't get degraded nearly as quickly as they said. Those things are clearly true. How do I expect? Look, none of this would matter uh, uh, if the vaccines did what they. I mean, they would still matter, but it wouldn't matter nearly as much if the vaccines actually worked as promised, and if there weren't evidence of side effects, especially side effects in young people that are much more severe in most cases than COVID would be. So, isn't it though the case that really what makes it matter even more is that governments are mandating it? Isn't that really right. where the shark gets Yeah, jumped? I mean, although they've is, sort is of that, given up on it, This is all that, true. Right? We'd like, like they, it to work better. It becomes a clinical question, risk reward. Doctors make those decisions all the time. But when you have a government mandating something, the French, you know, the youth in France were in the streets demonstrating against this. They were very upset about it. They said, I'm, I'm young. I'm not going to get such a bad thing. Now you're going to mandate a vaccine. What? How does that? That's not the three found. That's not liberty. Liberté was part of the founding principle of, of this government. This is they. I talked to so many young French people who raised their fist at me. It's important. You don't understand. But I think the mandate is where the shark got jumped. Let me let me ask this. Uh, let's talk for a second because we are we're all over the place and we're doing a great job. And I, I'm I'm into this. Uh, I also, by the way, I would love to see that liver study reproduced that uh, Alex is questioning. Yeah. If you get, I I I have true. I woke up middle of the night, Kelly, worrying about that one because I I. I don't understand. Well, I, remember, I know you, cell you biology I, pretty well. well. I don't know well, where we well, evolved in reverse transcriptase. I can't. I can't get that in well, my head. You and I remember. You and I, Drew, had discussed I, this in earlier yeah, shows, and that was one of the things that I, I told people. Of all the things you need to worry about, that certainly isn't one because it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, this big yeah. Swedish study came out showing it. And I, you know, I actually I don't just read the cliff notes. I, I spend my life, yeah. uh, you know, in my library reading the studies. And I have to say, it was a it was a pretty solid study. And and but I it, said it, I, this was something right? that I, I mean, was wrong a, about. It's an in, it's Alex, an in vitro study, right? It's a it's a bench study in in cells. It's not. I mean, they, they didn't demonstrate that they found uh, correct. The they weren't doing in, liver in, biopsies in the cells no, of living humans. Yeah. 
Right. They were not doing liver biopsies. Still, though, that is know, correct. Hepatic cells in the in the dish are not that different. So it's just it's just okay. Correct. Let's 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 table that one. Hopefully, it'll be reproduced, and we can what we want to uh, talk about. We can see it. Well, talk about let it me just say let's it may over. not be reproduced because the you know the pressure not to uh, to report this stuff is so amazing. I, I will throw one other you know study out. I, I, you know, I'm not even going to right now, but but the, there's enormous pressure not to look for evidence that these vaccines are causing harm. I know. How about I the know. Japanese study so, that shows, you know, that, that your genitals can necrose, uh, you know, <laughs> that was, and that's a, the, the, the microclonic. So, you know, you can still get COVID, but your dick will fall off. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, truly, this is this is the kind of stuff that, that these truly are indeed. real. That's the study. I mean, there it is. There's the study. There it yeah. is. You, you Alex, posted Alex it, Alex. It. So I got to bring this is, why, this is why they. This is why they hate me, right? Because I find this kind of thing <laughs> that is like, oh my god, <laughs> right? Well, and, yeah. and by the way, I am not over. as. Um, I the, you guys are both extremely disturbed that the vaccine doesn't work as well as we'd like. I I I was. You know, I had nasty COVID at the beginning. I, I would have been happy for any hedge against that. You know what I mean? I I, I would happy if my immune system improved five or ten percent against what I was fighting. So I I am not looking for the you know the magic vaccine that's going to eliminate COVID for you know like like the Salk vaccine. But and and think about it, we 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 never happens in medicine anymore. Salk vaccine was the last time something like that did happen in reality. But anyway. Uh, so, but I, uh, but the, the risk reward is what we're arguing or discussing, you know, what is the risk reward at what right. age is the risk reward worth it? And that to me is a very challenging question and, and it really needs to be carefully looked at. And we're just not, we should be rushing to that. I mean, that should be the absolute number one priority right now rather than mandates, but let's flip over to masks. Uh, let's the, the other topic that I, I just shake my head about, I, I, I don't understand <laughs> Uh, I, I just don't understand. I, I don't get it. Why, why, why does that, is that still an issue? Alex, you want to say something? Go ahead. No, I don't. I mean, this is only cause you're in, you're in California, man. Masks are dead. Even in New York, no one wears masks. You know, I, I, I'm on the train regularly, the train and the subway. And, you know, theoretically there's a mask requirement. Nobody, nobody wears masks. It's, I mean, uh, the, the, that's another sign that people know that they were lied to. And know that none of this stuff works. Is it that, or are they just relaxing a little bit because they know the fear mongering towards Omicron is where the lie comes in, and they realize it's not that bad. You know, it's a much milder illness, or maybe they feel confident with the vaccines. Whatever it is, they just feel like, eh, you know, no. And by the yeah, way, I mean, are, they, they were lied to about the masks too, also. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, and, and I and, and I I gotta go. Unfortunately, pretty soon my uh, my uh, my media advisor, uh, nine year old, is is yelling at me. But um, but I, I, you know I I, I will say uh, you know I think we're in a very strange moment right now because the most of the country just wants to forget COVID, right? And 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 mm -hmm. can forget it, frankly, because Omicron is mm -hmm. mild and most people have been infected and have some kind of, you know, I wouldn't even say it's vaccine immunity or hybrid immunity. I'd say they have natural immunity following the failure of the vaccines. Right. You can see people have anti-antibodies mm -hmm. that, that, uh, uh, yep, that people essentially got infected until they got um, their natural immunity kicked in. That, that's what it looks like to me. Now we can argue yep. about that. But so yep, most too. of the countries have nope. got, forgotten about this. The only people who haven't 
are the 10% of the crazies who still, you know, these are the people who are getting their three-year-olds vaccinated. These are the people who, you know, still are wearing masks and who still are scared. You know, something, this did something to them. It, it gave them an anxiety, an anxiety disorder that's not going away. And then on the other side, there's people like me um, and Kelly, you know, 15 or 20% of the country, I would say, who are angry. And some of those people were vaccinated against their will, essentially. And a lot of us felt like we, you know, we would we were really risking losing um, participation in civic life by not being vaccinated. And we have not forgotten. So 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 we're pushing right now. Right. People like me are, are saying, you know what, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about the last two years. But most of the country actually just wants to be done with covid. And as long as it's 300, you know, sort of old, sick people a day are the, is the death toll. You know, we were told, oh, that's you know, that's 100000 people a year. That's way too many. The country won't tolerate it. The country is perfectly fine with it. Let's be honest. The country just wants to forget covid. But it's it's unfortunately it's people like me who are saying no, because we must talk about how this happened and make sure it doesn't happen again. I completely agree. Yeah. So I I know you've got to go. Well, so a couple things. Number one, it's hard to forget about it when, you know, the, the Coast Guard is discharging, dismissing, you know, tens of thousands of enlisted people because at today, Right now, in the middle of of a big nothing burger for young, healthy people, they're talking about dismissing these people. We have a vaccine that's efficacy against Omicron is zero. The uh, no, it's negative. It's probably unknown. It's right. It's probably negative. Exactly. It's driving mutations. It's negative. It puts you at more risk. Uh, Even if you're willing to say simply that the safety profile is unknown, the risk benefit calculation does not fall in favor of these guys getting vaccinated. Uh, and, and I am somebody, you said it early in the show, Drew knows this, I am extraordinarily pro-vaccine in general. People have called me a vaccine zealot in the past. I've uh, written prolifically on the importance of vaccines, but this one is very problematic. So my last question to you before, before you, you go is, from your perspective, the why? This wasn't just, there are a bunch of dumb people at the FDA. This isn't, they're just a bunch of dumb people at the CDC. Something else. What's your theory? So, I, you know, I, I think it's a good question. I, I tend to believe just sort of in bureaucratic incentive and in, and in things getting started and it's hard to stop them. But I, I, I think in this case, that doesn't really adequately explain what we've seen. Um, clearly, the profit motive, uh, you know, on the on the on the private side became very, very powerful once they saw how big a market this could be. I, I, I do think that if you look at the very beginning, okay, the origins of this pandemic, which we still don't know, right? Which, but probably, you know, I, I, it probably came out of that. I way, know, right? It probably, <laughs> right? I know. So, so if you're if you're Tony Fauci and you know that you supported this research in some way that led mm-hmm. to this catastrophic accident. And, and it's January and you are hearing that the Chinese are building, you know, they are trying to they're trying to shut down uh, uh, an entire region and build 10, you know, 10,000 hospital beds in a week. And you are scared. OK, you want to be able to tell people that you have the answer. And and at the least, you want people thinking you don't want people thinking about where that where this came from. You want to you want to focus on, oh, this is a really severe problem. 
But I, Tony Fauci, and the people at the NIH and the other good people in the U.S. government are going to help us solve this. We're going to lock down and we're going to get to a vaccine. And, and if you look at the vaccine, it's, you know, it's interesting. The vaccine, in some ways, is sort of overpowered, right? So it, it causes this massive increase in antibodies in people. Um, you know, early on, you know, which which is probably one reason why there's this reaction, right? You you lose them so quickly because you have, you have a number, you know, your 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 neutralizing antibodies are way above what you get in response to an infection. Okay, so so what? So I, I th these two things may sound unrelated, but I'm not sure they are unrelated, especially when you look at sort of Fauci as the linchpin of all of it. That the idea was we're going to design a really successful or a really powerful vaccine. And, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna lock down and we're gonna get through these trials quickly and we're gonna get to the other side of this. And in the end, nobody's gonna particularly be worried about where this came from. And certainly nobody's gonna blame me, Tony Fauci, because I solved the problem. Is it, is it that but again, but it, No, it's but probably it will, not, but, but again, I think, it, it, I think it, it, that could be part of the answer. I'm sorry, go on. Well, it could be, it could, no, it, it, it could be, but that doesn't explain people like Fauci who know better, totally dismissing natural immunity, things of that sort. Force saying that everybody I, I, should I get vaccinated, really, that I, children are at risk. I, I it does not was, explain those things. Yeah, it doesn't, but it was this weird delusion around China got it right. What the CCP was doing, Look at look at how successful they're being. We gotta we gotta be like them, and th just that thought should have had them pause. <laughs> but yes. but now well, I when mean, you the say it, it, so you're going with the mRNA. Yes, you know, they've completely right. avoided these Um But sorry, Kelly, what were you gonna say? No, as I say, so Drew's going with it. They just were really stupid um, theory that that they're just stupid. Um, I you know I have to say. When you start saying things, you know, really disregarding natural immunity, disregarding uh, the efficacy of things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and simple uh, FDA approved, inexpensive, readily available medications. When you keep foisting vaccines on people whose risk of COVID is so de minimis as to be essentially indistinguishable from zero, uh, these don't have to do with simply wanting a win in your column with a vaccine. This has to do with something else that is causing you. So right. maybe money. I mean, I, right. I could be convinced that it's the money, but uh, I'm gonna, Kelly, else. I'll let you keep uh i'm gonna let you keep speculating after we let alex go uh oh, alex okay. just uh, on your parting shot to us uh look forward 10 months what do you foresee i mean i you know i've become a little bit more optimistic in the last month <laughs> or two because uh because you do Good. look at these hospitals you're back on twitter and, it, and it, hey, that's right i get to be back on twitter no i, I think um I, look could there be a mutation that comes out that you know sort of combines the Omicron contagiousness with the Delta virulence, I, there could be, and I don't think the vaccines will do anybody any good in that case. Right. But it seems to me right now the base case is that, um, you know, we sort of have this going forward. We have a lot of people getting what is essentially a cold or a cold slash minor flu for them. We continue to have, you know, death numbers because we're so aggressively counting this. Um, we have some increase in all-cause mortality. I don't. I, when you look at the all-cause mortality, it doesn't appear to be stepping up. So if we can just kind of like take boosters off the table, 
maybe we'll be living with this sort of five to 10% increase in, in all cause mortality. I mean, that's a horrible thing, but it's something we can live with. So, uh, so I guess, you know, this is dangerous. I, I, you know, the COVID has made fools of all of us, but if you're going to make me make yes. a prediction, I, I guess my base case in, is that what we've seen the last three to four months is not going to change that much so that we, you know, there'll still be waves, but in no way is this going to be um, a societal crisis going forward, if that makes sense. I think that's, I think that's a good bet. And we, we, uh, I guess some other time I want to talk to you about the delusion itself, which is in the title of your book, isn't it? How, uh, what's the name of the book now? Help me. Uh, Pandemia. The, the, the hysteria of, of, uh, of hysteria. the coronavirus. Yes. I'm still um, trying to figure well, out how hysteria grabbed the world. The world became hysterical. That, that to me was like really a, a stunning mm -hmm. thing that, uh, there are some hopefully very sophisticated I, that we don't behavioral forget scientists pushing it. Don't forget that Drew, Dr. Drew. Right. P pushing that idea right, yeah oh yeah We're trying to make people hysterical right i mean that's the you know, oh you oh can... i see i see right oh interesting yep. all right well, alex thank you so much well, uh, good luck with the book thanks for hope to talk to you again soon let's... thank you sir thanks alex right. come back again soon all right so kelly you're yours you see a dark uh cloud on the horizon uh, causing all this what if it what if it is some uh influencer i mean you know all, all roads seem to lead to china right in this how this thing went down couldn't somebody yeah. be sort of under the thumb of uh influence i mean god knows they're all over the place seems like right well at a minimum i think this is largely far more about control than about money per se money's always a big driver uh but this is really in my mind about control when you watch every part of it the lockdown the masks everything uh the vaccines are one small component of that um i don't think that these people are just intellectually you know stupid i don't think they just failed to recognize uh the things that could happen they covered up data uh they they there's fraud here in my perspective on pfizer moderna and j and j's part they had access to data that they did not release the FDA has come to decisions with regard to um, authorizing or suggesting, recommending vaccines that defies logic. I sat and watched the FDA, uh, you know, the, the committees, the advisory committee meetings. You know, they they go over all the data, the lack of safety, the lack of efficacy, and they say, "So, I think we should recommend vaccines." You're like, "How how could you possibly?" So. You can't really watch all of it, I don't think, and come to the conclusion that this is sort of just incompetence. Um, could it be coming from China? You bet. I think that that's the likely thing. I think that there are other players like Bill Gates, um, who is fundamentally the Antichrist, um, you know, who is who really. Oh, careful. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of like what Gates is doing. <laughs> Sorry. No. Well, 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 <laughs> well, well, they, well Bill, Bill, yeah, we, we do disagree because Bill Gates has been on the record saying that we need a significant decrease in the population of the globe uh, for the betterment of the, of the rest of us. Um, so somebody who says that isn't necessarily the person who I want to take my medical cues from. He's also not, not a physician, who has not a physician, a not a doctor. You're right. He's Right. Yeah. right. So yeah. but he, he really believes um, in mass vaccination. And he you know, he this isn't wouldn't be the first foray down a vaccination uh, road that led to some pretty devastating um, outcomes. Uh, this wouldn't be his first time yeah. uh, th that way. So let's, he, he didn't exactly have a stellar track record, if you will. 
Um, so true. yes, That's I true. do think that there are other, yeah, there are other things at play here than just money. Well, what about, what about the idea now, like I spoke, you know, I sort of have a relationship with some people that are in politics and I had some governors call me during the pandemic who didn't want to lock down and they were, they were like completely stricken by the idea that their job was to lock people down they they were like Correct. that's not why i'm the governor is it this is but i'm being forced to do this thing and then there were people like newsom that did skipped all the way to the lockdown with his friend garcetti couldn't wait to do it couldn't wait it, it's it, almost like again, a psychology of some leaders they like that kind of control and we should be very yes. cautious about that kind of thing it seems yes, to me, or at least it, it is limit the way their, their capacity to act that out no, no question. This was a power grab. The data uh, in the research on lockdowns, Drew, is well documented. Yeah. We've known for decades that yeah. that lockdowns will do far more harm than good. In fact, on, G on June 9th, 2020, June 9th, the CEOs of the Mayo Clinic and the Cleveland Clinic wrote an op-ed to the New York Times saying that the lockdowns, in their estimation, would cause more death than COVID itself. Yeah, I know. They said that no, June I know. 9th. I listen, we've lots of known people. this. There Medical were many science took that knew yeah. this. So the only reason yeah. you could do this, we know it would not stop the spread, and it didn't. If you look at areas around the world that didn't go into lockdown, I mean, why, by the way, is nobody talking? You know, here's a, here's a fun thing to do. Why is no one talking about the scourge of COVID, say, in, oh, sub Saharan Africa? None of them have been vaccinated. No vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No lockdown. Yeah. No masks. Stunning, huh? Nobody's talking about that. Why is we, we, that? We don't have to go that was, far. Let's just let's just call it uh, Orlando. <laughs> let's just let's yeah, just call it Orlando yeah. for so, the sake of argument. So, so <laughs> yes. So it turns out, you know, look at the homeless. Look at the homeless in places like L.A., New York. Yeah. There was no huge. Yeah. Believe me, it'd be all over the news if homeless people were dropping dead like flies from COVID. They aren't exactly well known for their ability to socially distance in well, homeless encampments. We, we did have they a don't weird wear problem. A lot of masks. We had a weird problem, Kelly. We had a weird problem that they would get it when they went into the shelters. And it was a, it, they, as long as they were outside on the streets and, it, you know, in the moving air right. you know, outdoors, guess what? Nobody gets it. Yeah. yeah, they weren't bathing in Purell. They weren't wearing masks. Take, they a, take a stab at this. Okay, so hold on a second. Um, <sighs> no, it looks like all the callers have kind of like backed away. Well, there's 90 people out <laughs> oh, there. No. Oh no! Oh no! I've scared uh, everybody off. <laughs> but they're listening, listening patiently, and tw we can't see the Twitch uh, comments, but they're they're fine. They're over there having a good time. Are we? Um, are we still on YouTube, Caleb? Yes, we are. Amazing. Yeah, we didn't pull the plug. We'll see what happens. You, Even though I said the I, I actually I thought, oh, slipped the it. I word in there. <laughs> that's almost where I cut it off. But I, I, I can later on so if, if I need wants to. to uh, I can cut the end off. So I'm just gonna have it there request, for now, hopefully. Request on Twitter Spaces and join the conversation. Who is that now? What? Is any nobody's nobody wants to join? I, the I'm looking at a bunch of them. They they are they are text. They are uh, chatting away. Oh, they are. Uh, yeah, and let me see what they're interested in. They're they're just sort of reinforcing some of the data we've been talking about. 
Uh, and again, I don't, you know, if if um, if Alex wants to argue about the all-cause mortality, as he said, you know, that was just one yeah. life insurance company. Well, well, it was the largest life insurance company in the United States. Uh, and the CEO, as I said, you know, has said that that is replicated throughout the industry. Um, you know, even if right. it was a fraction of that, even if it's five to 10% increase, these are seminal events yeah. um, that would have a profound well, impact. Right. We should be we should be running to look at this, but but it will. Yes. My, my suspicion is that that data will come in. I, I'm I'm reserving judgment on the insurance data and on the liver cells reverse transcriptase story. Those are those are two that I'm holding over here to see how they play out as time goes on. Um, let's see. We have we do have some requests now coming in here. Let's uh, talk to uh, Ephraim. All right, Ephraim, go ahead. And yeah, it's it, uh, interesting to talk to Alex, isn't it? He's uh, been a, through an interesting uh, experience in COVID. Ephraim, what's up? Uh, hey, uh, Drew, uh, Dr. Drew, yep. Dr. Victory. Ephraim. Um, my question is only kind of uh, uh, tangentially related. Um, have you read uh, any of what's come out from Dr. Burks' book uh, about how she's kind of oh, yeah. herself as the hero for specifically undermining the effort to not just undermining the effort to try and push for longer than 15 days which we all knew from the beginning anyway right. but also her basically admitting to falsifying documents to keep the policy going correct um yes just wondering if you know you're obviously aware of it just want to express a little bit of a disgust about it and uh, spread that around all right what do you think? Well, I well, I certainly share your disgust. Uh, she absolutely acknowledged that Ephraim in the book. She said she quote had to be very cautious about not letting their true intentions be known to the president. That would have been President Trump because they knew that if they allowed him to know what their true plan was, specifically that the mm. lockdown was never going to be just two weeks. They knew that President Trump, being the the uh, businessman that he is, would understand that the that would have a profound impact on the economy, and therefore would not go for it. She absolutely acknowledged that she was, you know, duplicitous uh, in the way that she advised the president and in the way that they presented data to him uh, throughout the pandemic. I frankly, um, I, I'm not sure that you know treason is too short is too strong a word when you're talking about people who are specifically going against the you know, the express uh, desires and, and trajectory that a the sitting president wants to take us. And Kelly, I I um, I had great admiration for uh, somewhat for Dr. Burks, but definitely for Dr. Fauci. I mean, he really is somebody my entire career I've looked towards for guidance and. You know, as as a figurehead, and and was exceptional during AIDS. I do remember he was a little histrionic. He kept saying, "Where the two million people are going to die of this, the two million are dead unless we do something." <laughs> and that's why I got on the radio, and that's why I started educating. He, I took it very seriously. And maybe he was right. Maybe that would have been the number had we not really gone out and scared the shit out of everyone with that one too. We scared a whole generation of adolescents in the 1990s about their risk for HIV and AIDS. And and the outcome was okay. It was you know not great, but but we didn't get two million dead uh, in those few years that we were fighting so hard. Um, well, what happened uh, to these guys? They they were they were well, yeah. they were really. I mean, they were so. What good. I can say and about Fauci is revert back to the mean. 
Yeah, don't hold your breath. Um, uh, I can tell you, first of all, Anthony Fauci hasn't had a stethoscope in his ears in 55 years now. Uh, Last time he practiced clinical medicine, the CAT scan wasn't invented. Um, Furthermore, he is a horrible communicator. One of the key roles of a public health official or a public, you know, anyone at the helm is to be a good communicator to the public. And he has failed at that. Um, more importantly, he failed in the number one mandate of public health, Drew, which is to consider yeah. the impact of any intervention on the entire public. And it's not just the physical yep. health of the entire public. It's a spiritual health, the mental health, the financial yep. health, yep. Um, all of that. And instead, we profoundly we destroyed the lives and livelihoods of hundreds of millions of Americans, two and a half years of the educations of our children. And God only knows, we, we, it will be more than a decade, I, I, I am guessing, before we can truly understand the absolute impact of all of these interventions, including masking and shutdowns. And the use, the use of fear to me was so weird, so astonishing. It literally be like you and I walk in the room going, "You have tuberculosis. You gotta put your mask on, but you have tuberculosis. Right. Stay with your family. You gotta stay." You know, no, you go, "Hey, don't worry about it. I got this. I got right. it. You're gonna take five minutes. Right. You won't be contagious in a couple of weeks. Wear the mask." I mean, you you, <laughs> right. you you you're supposed to bring everything, make people feel contained and and cared for, not panic stricken right. and hysterical. Exactly. I, I teach I teach a course on leadership in times of crisis, and I've had to boil the entire seminar down to one thing. It's that fear is a very, very powerful intoxicant. People are unable to make good decisions when they are in a place of fear. And one of your key roles as a leader, whether it's a public health leader, mm. political leader, I don't care what kind of leader, is to lead people out of fear, not drive them yes. into the basement, not drive them into fear. When I say basement, I mean figuratively and literally. We are supposed to lead them out of fear because it is only by having clarity, even if it's scary, it is only by having clarity of what is before them can they make reasonable decisions. Hmm, this has all been so, so disturbing and so confusing and so... Uh problematic and uh, Kelly and I will be talking to more of the people that have been um, criticized during the run of this thing Dr. McCullough and Dr. Corey and Dr. Malone we're going to hear what they have to say uh, again we're not all three won't be in unison on any of this we're trying to we're trying to just raise the issues look at them approximately you know, move us towards the truth it, it's pretty clear that um things were underway during this pandemic that were um i mean you can look back and you can you can interpret any way you want you can look back and go um well you know we just didn't know what was going on they did the best they could they did lock it down for well, longer than they should have and only a few states really were crazy like california the most of the states really kind of opened up and did okay and kids went back to school not for two years in california but okay uh in any event uh but you know you you could you could you could have a more um what would the word be sort of a, a gentler brush looking at this but when i when you knew it when it was happening that there was something wrong it's hard not to look back with a certain amount of resentment and concern particularly uh if that it could happen again and people just seem to want it to go away as a churchill said who by the way did not lead by telling people we're gonna get bombed you're gonna get bombed out they're gonna send bombs over no 
he said, you know, right. fight, fight, and then get up and fight again. And that's what we need to, we need that kind of, it's a much healthier attitude. And he also was famous for saying, those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it, which is the, one of the scariest things that, I, I believe that right. to be an axiom, a truth. And if we don't look at what we did wrong, we're going to really screw things up, including maybe considering that we don't want certain force, certain bureaucrats, bureaucracies, which are now the enemy in our world, to have so much power. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe there should be some some limitations, some procedural aspects to this so it doesn't run amok again and harm people the way this did. Kelly, last thoughts, and we'll wrap this thing up. Well, I was going to say, and that brings us full circle to what we started with, Drew, which is censorship. This type of debate, discussion that we just had here today is critical. This is what medicine and healthcare was based on, robust, vigorous, respectful, but rigorous debate. I don't take offense when when you disagree with me or when Alex disagrees with me. No. That's what we should be doing. No. Tell me why it is yeah. you think I've misinterpreted the study. Why did I under or overestimate the risk? Why do, is, is my understanding of the data incorrect? That's how we come to the best decisions. For years, I had a, a plaque on my desk when I was running a, a huge healthcare company. It said, argue with me. Tell me why this is the yeah. worst idea. Tell me why I'm wrong. And that's what we should be doing. Yeah. Censorship, which has been going on from the beginning, was the first real, real red flag to me that something is awry. Because if it wasn't, you would have happily just had me being there and say, no, you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong, Dr. Kelly Victory. Shutting me down, kicking me off platforms, trying to decimate you know, and destroy my career, my reputation, and not just me, by the way, you know, as you said, Peter McCullough, you know, Robert Malone, and many, many other really great, solid, not only human beings, but stellar physicians have had their careers and their lives destroyed over this past two and a half years. We need yes, this kind yes. of discussion. Yep, I agree. And so we'll try to bring it for the next few weeks. Uh, Miss Producer, who is our guest next week? Do we have that set up yet? Ask Mr. Producer. Oh, Caleb, do we know who that uh, is? I don't I, Maybe I could answer uh, it myself. We have uh, I think it's Robert Malone. I, was, I think it's Robert Malone. That's what I had heard. Isn't I, it Dr. I, Malone? Yeah, I, think I, think so. I believe so. I I I think that it's yes. Robert Malone. I'm I uh, I, I didn't believe. want to hype it up too much, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's who's coming on either next week or the week after. So <laughs> I think some yes. exciting, he, yeah, he we have some exciting people the, ahead. We're so good at our promotional skills here. He is like, famous for the mass formation psychosis, right? Wasn't that one of Malone's ideas? That notion? Um, I, I don't think he's one who actually was actually a German psychologist who, who wrote the, the first sort of pivotal, really laid it out uh, in such an articulate way about how this is happening. But uh, many people have, have adopted it. And I think he was spot, really spot on about how this happened, uh, how people's what? fear took over and, and developed into a true mass formation psychosis. I'm going to look that I, up. I think Dr. Malone- we talked to Malone. The Dr. Malone that we're referring to, I think he was one of the inventors of mRNA vaccines. That's correct. Yes. That's yes. correct. That's He's right. attributed really to being true. to being one of the people right. yeah. who who uh, developed and has been uh, very very outspoken about the problems with with this particular vaccine. And Susan, anything on Rumble or? Everybody's having a good discussion. They they are screaming there. I see a lot of the capitals. What is that all about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Cal's well, people can find me on yeah. yeah, people can find me on on Getter since I'm off Twitter. You'll no, have to actually, find me on. 
on Getter. Is, next Wednesday is Dr. P- Peter McCullough. Uh, McCullough next week. And okay. then oh, I'm going great. into oh, okay. the... I couldn't find it on my phone for a second. And then Robert Malone is on the 24th. Okay. And then we have Naomi okay. Wolf coming up, right? Oh, my God. I just... Uh, Kelly, I just read her book. It, it's, it's... I don't it, know when that is. I don't... It goes... It, it, I don't agree with like the last few chapters, but reading up to those points, it is so interesting hearing her thinking as things evolved. I mean, you know, Naomi is an extremely bright woman, and she yes, is clear, she is. you know, as a writer. She and her, her, uh, I really, I just thought, my God, this is a historical document. This is somebody who was in, you know, trying to understand what was going on as it evolved. And a thinking person was, what's going on here? What is this? What am I seeing? Why is this happening? And then it sort of culminates in her getting trashed and silenced and canceled. Right. And then she, you know, tries well. to recover and tries talking to people to try to help her understand what happened. And it's very hard to do that. Yeah, very hard. Yeah, well, I I I am so. super excited. I, I am flying here in rarefied air with uh, with you, and then uh, uh, Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough and Naomi Wolf. It's, it should be a, a, some really really interesting conversations. I'm looking forward to all yeah, of them. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It should be interesting. So everybody, just you know, use you know, don't uh, you, you just use it as information. We're trying to approximate, trying to get to, to the truth. We're trying to get towards the truth. All right, uh, Kelly, thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Kelly Victory, uh, you can find her at earlycovidcare.org and she'll be back here with us next te- yes. Sunday. And we have a show Wednesday. tomorrow too. <laughs> we have a show tomorrow where I'll be talking to a urologist about erectile dysfunction. We're going to go in a totally different direction tomorrow. So uh, it's Dr. Tapscott we've had on here before. before. She's very entertaining. And uh, <laughs> uh, so we'll kind of wrap it up with that. It there she is. goes right along with Kelly's joke today. <coughs> right, with the uh, <laughs> the necrosed genitals. We'll, we'll talk to her about that too. So why not? All right, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow at 3 o'clock Pacific time. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Oh.